Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Hey, friends, Dwight Beal here with Betsy, and it's Friday, November 4, and this is our last of five conversations. Betsy, it's been fun sitting across this table talking with you about Scripture. and Yeah, it's been... Uh, we were. I was just saying before we turned on the microphone that we need to continue this, even though we're not going to be doing podcasts. Mm-hmm. So it's been really good for us. Yeah, mm-hmm. it has. Yeah. We want to continue the discipline of just reading the Word together and talking about it. Well, we are going to jump right in to Scripture today because John 17 is our passage today, and it is, it's a big one. We don't have time to go into the whole prayer, so we are just going to read shorter sections, John 17, 13 through 19. I'm going to read that, and then we'll talk about that a little bit. And then Betsy's going to read verses 20 through 23, and then we'll talk about that. So let's jump right into John 17. Words of Jesus as he's talking to the Father. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you send me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they truly, they too may be truly sanctified. Mm-hmm. I Man. feel like you could take each, each phrase, line. each like, yeah, three or four words. Yeah. And talk about it for half an hour. Yep. But let's just but what, we are won't. The, what are the <laughs> right? What are the first things that jumped out? There's something about Jesus and the mark of God and Jesus in people that follow them that is uh, visible to the world, that the world picks up on, and that some in the world will hate them, mm-hmm. um, verse 14 says. Mm-hmm. So there's something that changes in us that irks the world or can irk the world when mm-hmm. we follow Jesus. It's the mm-hmm. first thing I notice. Hmm. Yeah, Jesus says that the world hated them. Mm-hmm. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. You know, there's the phrase, be in the world, but not of the world. Mm-hmm. But right here, Jesus alludes to that, where he says, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. So my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. So yeah. I think that's where this is where we get that phrase. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of anything else except for maybe when Jesus sends out, um, sends people out to the towns and says, "Like, be wise as serpents and innocent as doves." Right. Like, yeah. Maybe it's be a wise similar in concept. the world, but yeah, don't yeah. be of the world. Mm-hmm. Right. We were also talking before 
we turn the mics on that it's interesting that Jesus prays not that the Father would take the disciples out of the world, but that he would protect them from the evil one. And we know just from church history what became of 10 out of the 12 disciples. They were martyred, mm-hmm. you know, brutally murdered, you know, for their witness for Christ. Mm-hmm. And yet, years earlier, Jesus prayed that he would not take them out of the world, but protect them from the evil one. Mm-hmm. And I have to believe Jesus was perfect. He, he didn't pray any idle prayers. Mm-hmm. So God answered this prayer. That's a good point. We have to believe that God answered this prayer, and yet all the disciples were martyred for their faith. So we have to ask ourselves the question, what's God's definition of protection? Yeah. Like, I remember hearing people say, it makes me think of, um, well, the, the safest place to be is in the center of God's will. And I think... <laughs> I've known a whole lot of people who were seemingly really following God's will, and mm-hmm. they didn't have great things happen to them. So, right. I don't, so what are you talking about? Are you talking about physical safety? Are you or, talking about emotional safety? Or are you talking about some other kind of spiritual reality? Right. Yeah. And I think that's it. I mean, I think we have to say of the disciples, they weren't protected physically. Mm-hmm. But... If God answered Jesus' prayer, and we must assume that he did, mm. he protected them from the evil one, even though they lost their physical lives. Mm. So when we say things like, is the safest place to be really in the middle of God's will? Yes. Spiritually and eternally, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. That is the safest place for us to be. But it doesn't mean that we're not going to be, we're not going to suffer, mm-hmm. we won't be persecuted. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could even lose our lives, mm-hmm. you know, for the sake of yeah, our we faith. We could lose relationships. We could lose relationships. We could lose sleep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. up until this point, I feel like I've lived a pretty cushy life. Do you? Spirit- spiritually. Okay. Um, I mean, I mean, I used to read passages like this where Jesus promised the disciples, hey, th- the world's going to hate you in the same way it hated me. And I, I remember thinking... I don't feel like anybody hates me. You know, who hates me? I mean, if I go all the way back to elementary school, yeah, Brian Chase hated me and wanted to beat me up. And then in eighth grade, Brian Wells hated me and wanted to beat me up. And then in 10th grade, Justin Jameson hated me and wanted to beat me up. But after that phase <laughs> of my life, um, I've, I've, life's been pretty smooth. I hope they're listening. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? I mean, have you felt... As a Christian, have you felt hated and persecuted? Not like so many brothers and sisters, not even close. But I would say it's it's the times have been few enough that I can count them unless, yeah, I, two, two that come to mind right now and not in this country. Mm. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And nothing happened to me. I could just feel the waves of hatred. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and as... The winds of culture change, and we all feel that. I think we may start to experience more of that Mm -hmm. in the future. Mm -hmm. But I love this prayer that Jesus prays for his disciples, that God will protect us from the evil one. And that's really all we need to worry about, and that we are safe in his will. 
we're, we're safe in his care and eternally mm-hmm. we know we're in his care. So anyway, mm-hmm. let's read the next passage. Mm-hmm. And Betsy, I'd love for you to read this. And you and your mom have really brought some cool insight to me uh, on this passage. So I'm going to, I'm going to, Pick your brain a little bit. Okay. Anything that I talk about here, this is all mom after I read the scripture here. So starting at verse 20, it says, the heading is Jesus prays for all believers. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So there's a lot of mm-hmm. positional pronoun yeah. action there. There's a lot of unity going on. Uh-huh. And it seems like almost any way you stack it, you know, John has a lot of Jesus and God and us and Jesus and Jesus and the Father in us the Father and yeah. And Jesus. Yeah, it makes me think of so the the verse my mom always quotes um, and then does a little visual exercise with envelopes is John fourteen twenty, And it says it's just in a different way. It mm-hmm. talks about on the day that the Spirit comes, you'll know that um, Jesus is saying that I am in my Father and you, the believer, is in me, are in me, and I am in you. And so there's, she gets a big envelope and puts Father mm-hmm. on it. And then inside that, she cuts an envelope in half and writes Jesus on it. So puts Jesus in the Father. Mm-hmm. And then inside Jesus, she puts another smaller clipped envelope that says um, your name, mm-hmm. so Betsy. And then inside Betsy, there'd be a little slip of paper or a heart usually that yeah. says Jesus. Huh. So this is interesting in that, you know, I, and I remember her quoting that for every one time that the scriptures talk about Jesus being in us, which is what we talk about a lot. Mm -hmm. Oh, we have Jesus in us, you Mm -hmm. know, when we believe. Jesus lives in my heart. Exactly. There are 10 times for that every one where it talks about us in Jesus. Hmm. Which we don't think about a lot. But what protection? Us in Jesus. And here it's interesting. I had never remember reading a verse where, let's see, it talks about that basically God is in Jesus. Yeah, verse 21, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. It's just mesmerizing. As we are talking about how we can encounter suffering and and difficulties in the world. The spiritual reality is we are just enveloped in Jesus and God. And when anything comes to us, it has to go through mm-hmm. God and Jesus. And when it gets to us, it finds Jesus in us. You know, it's, there's just these layers of mm-hmm. protection. Mm-hmm. So that's our spiritual position as right. when we follow Jesus and believe in him. Mm-hmm. 
you know, we understand in different parts of the New Testament that after Jesus died and rose from the dead and ascended into heaven, that he now sits at the right hand of the Father. Yeah. Right? Yes. So positionally, that's where he is. And yet he says that he's in us and we are in him. So like you were saying yesterday, the mystery, it's kind of a both and. Mm -hmm. Yes, Jesus is sitting positionally at the right hand of the Father and he's interceding for us right now. And yet he lives within us and we are within him and he is in the Father. Dwight, do you think interceding would be the same as praying? Yeah. Okay, I've never... That never hit me before. I feel really silly. But I'm so touched when I read this because I think, wow, I love Jesus. He prays for me. Hmm. And yet I realize that he is interceding for us in heaven. And it's the same thing. He's the great so high he's priest. still praying for us every day. Yes. I love Jesus. That's my closing thought. I feel closer to him reading this book of John. We pulled a good book, Dwight. We did. Yeah. It's a big step up, I have to say, from Jeremiah that you had and last Isaiah, time. Yeah. And Isaiah yeah. and all the death and destruction that... Yeah. I mean, no, in, you know, no insults to Jeremiah and Isaiah, but... But it's more fun to talk about big Jesus. It is. Well... It's more encouraging. <laughs> yeah. Well, God bless you all. Go from this podcast encouraged that uh, the very life, if you have invited Jesus into your life as your Lord and your Savior, he dwells within you. And not only is he within you, but you are in him and he is in the Father. And all is well. All is well. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.